Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. We have a nice array of topics to talk about. James Wiseman, the number one recruit out of high school this past year for college basketball. He committed to Memphis with Penny Hardaway. He was ruled ineligible by the NCAA, overturned, not overturned, but delayed briefly, temporarily. So we'll go over that situation. Chase Young also most likely going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, suspended uh, for a few games. He'll be back in time for the Penn State game, but we'll go over that. Also, how big of frauds and just pieces of garbage the NCAA is with their stupid set of rules that are obviously not good for anybody. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense why they have some of these rules implemented, but we'll go over all of that. MLB awards. I'm four for four so far. Uh, Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez won the American League Rookie of the Year award unanimously. Pete Alonso won the National League Rookie of the Year award. Pete Alonso won the National League Rookie of the Year award. And Rocco Baldelli won AL Manager of the Year. Mike Schilt won NL Manager of the Year. So I'm four for four thus far in the uh, the award process. I believe the Cy Young Award is tonight, and then MVP will be tomorrow. But so far, so good on that front. And football, of course. And I have a little bit of a a fantasy update, which I haven't given since week one because I'm not doing too well. I'm like three and seven. But I have a little bit bit of an update. It was a, a heartbreaker on Monday night. Oh, man. And also, Disney Plus is released, which was... Very interesting, and I think we're going to start there, just because. But Disney Plus was released a couple days ago, two days, yesterday, two days ago. Actually, I think it was yesterday, the 12th. It was overwhelming, to say the least. Uh, I got the package deal, so I got, I actually canceled my Hulu subscription that I originally had, which was the, you know, the cheap one with the commercials. Canceled that one and got the the package for Disney Plus, so it's Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus is actually pretty cool. I thought it would... Like, I would never get it by—I never wanted to get it by itself because I thought it'd be a waste of money. But packaged in with the other two things, it's definitely worth it. And it's pretty cool. They have all the 30 for 30s on there, um, a bunch of E60 profiles and stuff like that. Uh, Really interesting stuff. They have MLB.TV, which I thought was was cool. I didn't know they had that. Um, Obviously, all the, the fights for UFC they have a contract with. So ESPN Plus actually— and then, of course, this thing's the detail show with uh, and the Sunday night or this, the Sunday NFL countdown with Boomer and then the detail shows with Kobe and Peyton Manning. But ESPN Plus is is pretty neat. Uh, Hulu's Hulu. You know, they got all a bunch of TV shows right now. I'm binging uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And then Disney Plus was just so incredibly overwhelming. Obviously, the first thing when I when I logged on to that was to watch episode one of The Mandalorian. That show is going to be pretty cool, man. I'm very excited for that. Uh, I was part of the group of people that, uh, or sect, I guess it was kind of, in my opinion, I think it's kind of split 50-50 on if you liked The Last Jedi and if you hated it. I hated it. So I haven't been the biggest fan of Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker, I'm going to go see it because it's Star Wars and I'm obligated as a fan of it. 
but I, I really don't know how it's going to go back. Either ruin it entirely or uh, have some redemption. I'm, I'm hoping redemption because J.J. Abrams is a part of it. But right now, John Favreau created uh, or helped create this TV show for Disney Plus, The Mandalorian, which follows a bounty hunter, part of the Fett race. So you know how uh, Jango Fett was cloned as a bounty hunter. He was just cloned, and that's what all the clones are. They look like a bunch of Jango Fetts, and they're Fetts. And he is part of this Fett race. Um, he's not a clone. He's an offspring of a Fett, I assume. Uh, he's a Mandalorian, as the title would infer. But he's a bounty hunter, and he looks like Boba Fett. Very similar to Boba Fett looking, but he's not. Equally as cool, though, and it's it's nice to finally get um, them to talk because Jango Fett talks in the prequels, but in the original series, uh, Boba Fett does not speak at all. But it's cool to see him interact and be, you know, like kind of a human. And he's a total badass. I'm not going to spoil anything because it just came out yesterday and some people definitely do not have Disney Plus yet or have watched it yet, but it's very, very cool. The ending... Um, opens up so many different paths that this show can go. And I, I'm very excited to see where it goes. I'm also very on board with the uh, the weekly releases. And that's what Disney Plus is doing with all their original series. Uh, I also watched the, um, the high school musical, the musical, the series show, which was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, I don't think it it doesn't take itself too too seriously. At least in episode one, it didn't. You have the series characters and then the ones that are just kind of like, whatever. Uh, it, it didn't seem that big of a deal. In in the or characters didn't take it to be that big of a deal. And it was also they had the cutaways with like the confessionals, but they weren't confessionals. They were just like side things, like what the Office does and Parks and Rec and all those uh, sitcoms, Office sitcoms. They had those kind of cutaways, so that was interesting, an interesting format. But basically, the premise of that show is that uh, the school where High School Musical was taught is doing a musical about High School Musical. So I originally thought that it took place in like the same, I guess, universe, if you want to call it that, where... Like Troy and Gabriella and Chad and Taylor, all those original high school musical characters actually went to that high school and then graduated. And now this is like a new class of kids who are doing a musical about them, which would seem odd that they would do that. But it's not like that. The high school musicals movies are fictional. There's still a movie in this TV show. It's still a movie, but this happens to take place in the same high school that High School Musical was shot in, and now they're doing a musical on the movies. So, very interesting. Uh, pretty cool, shot in the same school. Uh, <laughs> going to that high school must be pretty pretty sweet. Um, I actually don't know if it's a real high school. I assume it is, but could very well not be. But that it was interesting. It was a little cringe, cringe-worthy for sure. Uh, but it was still good. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it. So we'll see where that goes. 
Um, but those are the only two Disney Plus shows I watched. Uh, I want to watch the Jeff Goldblum, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. That should be interesting. The first episode is Sneakers. Did not watch it yet, but I'm going to get to that. And like I said, there's just, it's a lot of overwhelming possibilities because you have all the original stuff that Disney is coming out with, Disney Plus shows that are coming out. Like I said, The Mandalorian, The High School Musical Show, The Jeff Goldblum Show for National Geographic. And I'm sure there are plenty others that are going to be released. Of course, Marvel is set to release a bunch of shows that are coming out. So to watch those is one thing, but then you have on top of that just all these other nostalgic-based TV shows that I'm sure a lot of people want to watch, like all the Disney shows that I grew up with, That's So Raven, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Sweet Life on Deck, uh, Lizzie McGuire, um, all the animated shows like Kim Possible and stuff like that. I'm not sure if I'm going to go that far back because I have found that sometimes when you go back to shows that you really enjoyed as a kid, you find them dumb and just kind of, like, not fun. Like, when you thought they were funny and cool as a kid, you don't have that same thought process anymore, of course, because you're now an adult. Uh, so I found that sometimes having nostalgia for shows is you're better off leaving it at that. So I don't think I'm going to go that far back to watch those kind of shows. Um, some shows I I've watched that have nostalgia for do stand the test of time. Like, uh, like Drake and Josh is a great example. You go back and watch that show. Now, if you watch it as a kid, it still holds up. It's still funny. It's still clever. It's, it's a good show. So there are some, some shows that stand the test of time, but uh, a lot of Disney shows probably don't. Uh, the animated shows, on the other hand, definitely do. So I have my superhero shows that I'll probably go back and watch. The X-Men animated series, uh, Spider-Man animated series. And those are really the two that are. I'm like, I need to go back and watch those. Uh, you have all the Pixar movies, all the Disney movies. I watched Inside Out um, with my girlfriend last night. Great movie. I loved that movie. I thought it was really, 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 really good. So that's another reason you have all the movies also. It's just, it's such a, like I said, it's overwhelming. But I plan at some point to uh, to go and watch all of them. And I really enjoy, like I said, I like how Disney is releasing their original series one by one. That way it gives you kind of just be able to digest everything. You watch it once a week. Whenever it comes out, you watch it, that's it, you digest the episode, and while you're waiting for the next episode to come out, you can go and binge watch all these nostalgia shows, movies, animated, live action, whatever suits your fancy, you have all these options to go and watch while you wait for each new episode to come out. So I think that's smart, uh, and I appreciate it because if you want a bingeable TV show, you can go to watch like something on Netflix. But I think Disney Plus has instantly become a competitor to Netflix, especially with their bundle package of Hulu and ESPN. Anyway, with uh, well, moving on, we'll move on to sports now. But Disney Plus, definitely something that I think is worth the investment. James Wiseman. So James Wiseman was the number one high school recruit uh, coming into this college basketball season. 
He committed to play for Memphis. He's from Tennessee. He moved to Memphis. And that's where the problem starts. So he committed to Memphis to play for Penny Hardaway, who also went to Memphis uh, in the 90s. James Wiseman was suspended or ruled, not suspended, he was ruled ineligible by the NCAA because back in 2018, Penny Hardaway assisted with helping move James Wiseman's family to the city of Memphis. I don't know where he was living before that, but he moved from wherever he was to the city of Memphis. And apparently Penny Hardaway, in some way, shape, or form, whether it was helping financially, set things up, I have no idea what exactly his involvement was, but he assisted in moving them to the city of Memphis. And because Penny Hardaway was ruled as a booster, then James Wiseman was then in turn ruled ineligible by the NCAA. Ridiculous, first of all. Um, there, Apparently, James Wiseman hired a very well-known lawyer from the city of Memphis. He's very popular. Uh, one guy tweeted, I think he was, he got some guy off a murder charge. I don't know. But apparently, this lawyer is really good. And... Also, the, the, I think Memphis University, they filed some type, I guess it was, they, it said they filed a restraining order uh, I, I against, I, I guess what? I have no idea what a restraining order is really going to do in this case, but they, they filed an emergency something, and it allowed James Wiseman to play his first game. Um, I don't know. There haven't been any updates since then, but that's what happened with James Wiseman, and not to mention, that same day, hours earlier, Chase Young was suspended for four games. And Chase Young was suspended because apparently he took a small loan from a family friend. And even though he repaid it back in full, whatever, the NCAA said no. And originally it said it was for like everyday expenses. And then he paid it back. But now apparently it was told that someone bought his girlfriend a plane ticket to go see him play in the Rose Bowl. I I don't know exactly what the entirety of the story is. Maybe it's both, but regardless, he took a loan from a family friend, and even though he repaid it back, the NCAA was like, nah. Now, my friends who went to Ohio State filled me in because I, I missed this. But apparently, now obviously someone snitched. It's obvious someone snitched because there's no way with there's only like a few parties involved in that scenario. Uh, if you keep it in-house, there's no way the NCA finds out about that unless someone snitched. Apparently, someone on Maryland, a coach on Maryland or a player on Maryland, someone who knew Chase Young because he's from Maryland, snitched to the NCA about it. And Ohio State played Maryland. And they ran up the score. They scored. They won seventy-three to fourteen, I believe it was. And they were like calling timeouts before the half so they can score one more time. They were running up the score. And apparently, according to my friend, it is because they believe that someone in the Maryland coaching staff or front office—not well, not front office, but higher up—someone in the athletic department snitched on Chase Young to the uh, NCAA, and that's why they ran up the score on Maryland. 
I don't know how true that is, but apparently that's uh, the thing going around. However, Chase Young's suspension was cut down, so he will miss this week uh, against Rutgers, and he will be back in time. So it was originally ruled four games, now it's only one. So he gets to miss Rutgers, and then, of course, he gets to come back next week to play Penn State. So the NCAA is not too, uh, you know, they're not going to enforce the rules too much if it means they're risking a, a great game between Ohio State and Penn State. They're going to let him come back for that. Of course. Of course they are. In the NFL, you got Colin Kaepernick news, shockingly. Um, he, or apparently the NFL, scheduled a private workout for him where, a bu- I guess, teams that are interested will come down and go and uh, see him work out. It is allegedly closed to media. We'll see what comes of that. Maybe Colin Kaepernick will finally get back into the NFL uh, in some type of backup role. We'll see. I I don't know how well that's going to turn out. Uh, Desmond Howard is on record saying that he believes it's a, a publicity stunt for the NFL. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how, how well it works out. Maybe it is a publicity stunt. I'm sure now, to be honest, if the NFL is going out of the way to schedule uh, an open workout for Colin Kaepernick for teams to come see him play, I think he will get signed. Because if he doesn't, it could look bad on the NFL. It could look to be like, oh, this was just a publicity stunt. No one ever had the intentions of signing him, blah, 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 blah. It's going to cause a bunch of outrage, and it could make the NFL look even worse in the long haul. Or he could get signed and just be resigned to a backup role because that's – he's – I think he's like 32 now. It's it's not I, – I honestly don't think he's capable of starting anymore. He's 32 years old. We saw him – go into a, a steep decline towards the end of his career before the whole kneeling things took place. He had a couple of good seasons, but before, but after that, it was just, he, he struggled. And he's been out of the league for like three years now. I, I don't know what the, the, you know, the stories and the media attention that comes with signing him. Teams might just not be willing to risk it. But at the same time, if they're holding this open workout, there's obviously some type of interest so maybe he will sign with the team, but we'll get to to see after Saturday. He's holding his workout Saturday in uh, Atlanta. So we'll see what happens then. If someone signs him, someone offers him the contract, we get to wait and see. As for the rest of the NFL, Week 10, my fantasy team, let's start with that. I'm 3-7 and seven now. Not great. I was down... 23 points. So I was I was winning the entire day. And my buddy, this is a 12-man league, by the way. And my buddy somehow was able to swindle another one of my friends, which caused outrage in our league because we couldn't believe it. But he traded Austin Eckler and Tyreek Hill for Dalvin Cook. Now, you might not think that's a bad trade. However, my friend already has Deshaun Watson, Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, and Adam Thielen. And now he has Dalvin Cook. So I got really lucky playing him. Cooper Cup was held to zero points. 
Adam Thielen was out with an injury, so he started Ted Ginn, who got him half a point. And I still lost. Deshaun Watson was on a bye, too. Daniel Jones, he picked up, got him 41 points. Dalvin Cook put up 33. McCaffrey put up 26. He had Fitzgerald put up 15. I, I mean, I had Melvin Gordon give me 20. Derrick Henry gave me 33. My wide receiver stunk. I had Darius Slayton on my bench, and it would have easily won me the game, but there was 34 points sitting on my bench. But regardless, going into Monday night, I had Russell Wilson. I needed 23 points. He got me 20. 20.9, actually. So I technically lost by two points. Now I'm 3-7. and seven. Terrible. Terrible way to lose. Really sucked. Um, however, that Monday night game was, my fantasy implication asides, was a great game. Uh, the back and forth they had, Chase McLaughlin, the rookie that the Niners had to sign because Robbie Gold was out, nails the field goal. And I want to talk about this with the announcers too. Um, Booger McFarland and whoever the other guy. I don't even care what his name is. But they were stupid. Chase McLaughlin nails a 40-plus yard field goal to send the game into overtime. And then to win it in overtime after the the Niners pick off Russell Wilson, which would have won me my fantasy game, by the way, if he scored that touchdown. Pick off Russell Wilson in the red zone and or just outside the red zone. March down the field, field goal time, 47 yards, completely shanks it to the left, completely shanks it. And they said, yeah, that's just a moment. That's just an instance of the moment being too big for him. No, it's not. He literally hit the same exact distance of field goal to send it into overtime. If he missed that, then it's like, okay, yeah, moment's too big for him, too much pressure. Understandable. But when he just hit, like, that's just, it's a case of the yips. It's a, a bad a bad kick. It just, it happens. He's a rookie. It happens. Whatever. But you can't say the moment's too big for him when he just sent the game into overtime 20 minutes in real time ago. It, it doesn't make any sense. There was no reason why they should have stayed that or put that kind of, like, shame. Oh, he choked in the moment, whatever kind of thing on Chase McLaughlin, who's just a rookie. He's got a big leg. He's shown he got a big leg in pregame. I don't think there was any reason for them to say that. Uh, it's just a bad kick. It happens, you know, especially since he, like I said, he nailed it to send it into overtime, so whatever. Right down the middle, too. This was just a bad kick. Maybe he had bad footing, whatever. Who knows, but it, that was a great game. And then the Seahawks, of course, mar marched down the field and uh, kicked the game-winning field goal to hand the Niners their first loss, 27-24. Of finally a great Monday night game between two playoff-bound teams. The Sunday night game, Kirk Cousins went into Dallas and won. The Vikings are now seven and three. The Dallas Cowboys are now five and four. Cowboys do not look great. Uh, they have been struggling. The Eagles are, like, primed to win that division, man. Like, they are in such great position to win. The Cowboys are just, they're finding new ways to lose. Uh, they, they had virtually no running game against the Vikings. Zeke just ran for 47 yards. Uh, Dak was slinging it around the field, though. He threw for just short of 400 yards, three touchdowns. He had an interception. Uh, Amari Cooper had 11 catches for 147 yards. I mean, they've been good. 
on offense mostly. But the defense has to step it up. This was a defense that was highly touted coming into the season, a defense that the Cowboys were actually going to were supposed to rely on to help them win a Super Bowl or go make a deep playoff run. And they have just been I don't want to say they were pretenders yet because they are a good defense, but sometimes they just get absolutely gashed. Steelers-Rams game was absolutely disgusting. We're working our way backwards here. I'm not going to go over every game, but a lot of the good there were a lot of good games this week. Steelers-Rams was gross. Defensive struggle. Each team had a defensive touchdown. Uh, Steelers come out on top, 17 to 12. A Ram Rams are another disappointing team this year, five and four. The Steelers, this is their first, I would say, real win. Um, they start off 0 and four, and then just kind of coasted to four wins against teams that were not very good. If you look at their schedule, they got spanked by the Patriots, which resulted in nothing but misery. Big Ben got hurt. Uh, they lost 33 to 33 to three. Then they lost to the Seahawks by two. They lost to the 49ers by four. So those three, those first uh, three games, not terrible. Um, and they didn't start off 0-4. They started off 0-3. Then they beat the Bengals, of course. And then they lose to the Ravens in overtime. So it's not like they've been getting spanked. Um, but they, they did lose. So they did lose to good teams. But their wins have come against lackluster opponents. This is their first, I would say, real impressive win. Uh, they got the Bengals. They beat the Chargers when the Chargers didn't know how to play football. Uh, they beat the Dolphins. Then they beat the Colts last week, which was uh, impressive. They had, Although they had help from Adam Vinatieri. And then this week they beat the Rams, which is I would say is their first. That and the Colts last week. So two back-to-back like impressive wins. And I think it's time to start taking the Steelers' defense seriously because they are the real deal. They've kind of reverted back to young Ben Roethlisberger kind of Steelers where they rely on the defense to really get them over the hump and win games. Where And then on the offensive side, you have a couple of weapons, but the QB is mostly a game manager. Right before Ben turned the Steelers into a, a, he a heavy offense. They were known as a defensive team. Same as where the Ravens, where they both played, they had defensive struggles in their games. Kind of seems that way now, especially with the acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick, who's been nothing but a lightning rod defensively for them. He's made play after play after play, game after game after game since acquiring him. So he's been a huge boost for them. Uh, they have the Browns next on Thursday Night Football. Packers, Panthers, we had the first snow game of the year in Lambeau. Uh, the Packers, I mean, the, the the Panthers were great, but they had a questionable call. I mean, there was, um, I, for, I forgot, I think it was in the fourth, early in the fourth, where the Panthers scored, and instead of kicking it to making it a seven-point game, they went for two to make it a, a two-field goal game. I I don't understand why, but they they didn't convert the two-point conversion, so they marched down the field, uh, two-minute offense all the way down the field. I don't know if it was two-minute offense, but it was, it was late in the fourth quarter. They marched all the way down the field, and they get in position 
to score and win the game. Their final play is Christian McCaffrey getting stuffed at the goal line as time expires. But even if they had scored that touchdown, they would have to convert the two-point conversion. So it was a very a very tight game. Kyle Allen, I think, is the real deal. Uh, at least right now he is. I don't know how he'll go after this season, but he's been nothing but excellent for the Panthers. They're now 5-4, and four, and Green Bay is 8-2, and two, but the Panthers are looking pretty good. Uh, Kyle Allen's their quarterback for the rest of the season as Cam Newton went on IR. But they have some questions to face this offseason for sure. Do you stick with Kyle Allen or do you go back to Cam? And honestly, I think it depends how they finish up this season. They have the Falcons next, then the Saints, Redskins, Falcons again, Seahawks, Colts, and Saints to end the season. So a, a kind of a difficult schedule considering the Falcons just beat the Saints, which was gross, but a division-heavy end to the uh, to the season. For the Panthers, Dolphins got their second win of the year, 16-12 to over the Colts. The Colts have problems now because if Brissett doesn't come back soon, they can probably kiss their playoff hopes goodbye because Brian Horry is not the answer. Uh, the Bucks win their first home game since week 13 of last year. They haven't been, they haven't had a home game since week three, so they've been on the road for seven weeks, or six weeks, technically. Uh, yeah, six weeks. So good for the Bucks for breaking that drought. The Jets beat the Giants in the garbage bowl. Unfortunate. Uh, the Giants' defense really is that bad, and there's really no other way of getting around it. Daniel Jones threw for four touchdowns. He looked pretty good. Jamal Adams had. A very mean sack. Strip sack against Daniel Jones. Ran it for a touchdown. He like grabbed the ball and then shoved him away and sprinted back to the end zone for a touchdown. It was it was assault. It was really bad. Uh, but Jones, 26 of 40, 308 yards, four touchdowns. Darnold, 19 of 30, 230 yards and a touchdown. So Darnold, not great. Uh, even against that Giants, that Giants defense, but... Danny Jones had a nice day. Darius Slayton, as I mentioned, was on my bench. He had 10 catches, 120 yards and two, 121 yards and two touchdowns. 34 points on my bench. I hate myself. Uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, he's tweaked his ankle, I think. But he did not do well. And that was a problem. Saints-Falcons, disgusting that the Falcons held the Saints to nine points. This is the third game this year where the Saints have failed to score a touchdown. The first was week one where Drew Brees got injured against the Rams. The second was the game against the Cowboys where they won uh, with Teddy Bridgewater and they won with five field goals or whatever it was. Um, and now this one was the third game. So pretty gross, especially against the Falcons who have been nothing but awful. Uh, this doesn't change the Falcons' fate. They're going to get a top five pick probably. Dan Quinn's going to get fired at the end of the year. Probably the most shocking game, and the last one we'll get to, um, is the Chiefs-Titans. The Titans won, which is, like I said, shocking. They get to 500 at 5-5. Five and five. The Chiefs are now 6-4. and four. Um, Patrick Mahomes throwing for over 400 yards and three touchdowns, but the Chiefs defense, I mean, the Titans won this game with Tannehill throwing, was 13-19 for 181 yards. He had two touchdowns, including the game-winning one. But it was it was tough. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is not good. The first few weeks you saw them, and they were like, wow, maybe the Chiefs' defense isn't that bad. 
But no, they're they're still bad. They still do not have a good defense. Derrick Henry had 23 carries for 188 yards and two touchdowns. He was phenomenal, including he had like a 60-yard run for a touchdown. He was great. Um, Tyree Kill had 11 catches, 157 yards and a touchdown. So Ryan Tannehill, short of that game-winning drive he put together, uh, didn't do much. So the Chiefs defense... Yeah, needs some work. Um, I think they would have really benefited from just going balls to the wall and trading for Jalen Ramsey, but the Rams beat them to it, I guess. Moving on to a couple of other things I want to talk about before we wrap up. Um, there are a handful of movies I want to see. Uh, November is actually pretty heavy on the movies. Jojo Rabbit, which I think I guess was limited release. I thought it came out in October, but it was, I guess, a limited release in October. Is out now. I have to see it. The Lighthouse, by the way. Very odd movie. I didn't write a blog about it, but I'll talk about it here briefly. Very odd movie. Very uh, Greek mythology, ref like, uh, allusion to that. Heavy on that. Um, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe were excellent. A lot of long monologues, one-shot monologues that are awesome. Uh, a lot of close-ups. So them acting-wise was excellent. And it's a movie you really have to see to explain. It's very, very odd. It's not scary, but it is weird. It's definitely weird. Um, but it's definitely... It's one of those artistic <laughs> movies. You're, you're not going to see The Lighthouse for the plot. Put it that way. Uh, there's also this movie, Parasite. Uh, it's a Korean movie, but it is a movie that has gotten nothing but praise. So I, I kind of want to go see that also. Motherless Brooklyn, I'd like to see at some point. Uh, that's Willem Dafoe again with Edward Norton. I think it's Willem Dafoe. Yeah, with Edward Norton. Uh, Midway, Knives Out, Doctor Sleep. There's a lot. I don't think I'm going to get to a lot of them, unfortunately, but I'll try. Another thing in regards to my blog, I haven't been writing a lot. Uh, I'm going to try and get back into that. There is uh, a thing that I want to try and do as the new year approaches, and that's li uh, some lists of the decade. And I know you'll probably see them a lot on social media, and it'll be popular, but I think I would go back and try and list my favorite albums of the decade and movies of the decade. I think those two alone are good enough. Um, I'm not going to even bother trying to touch, like, Best, best sports moments of the decade or anything like that because there are entirely too much uh, and it'd be impossible to try and go back and break that all down and a lot of them would probably just be from like the Super Bowl or walk-offs in the World Series and stuff like that so I'm not even going to touch that subject but albums and movies I think are something that I can definitely tackle obviously it'll be completely subjective it'll be my opinion and what I think and how it'll be, you know, do I have nostalgia for this album, whether it was actually really that good or not, or it just holds a special memory in my, in my head and in my heart. That will for sure be a factor in how I, I rank them or if I include them in that list. Uh, so we'll see. But that's, that's something that I want to get to and discuss with everybody and put that list out there and hopefully get some traction. I'm going to wrap it up here. 
uh, for this episode of From My Point of View. Once again, thank you all for listening and enjoy your weekends. I'll talk to you guys next week.